This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, BC politics never disappoints, right? Something's always happening. Something's always changing. And on this Monday morning, that is no exception. As we heard about an hour or so ago, BC Green Party leader Andrew Weaver has announced that he is not seeking re-election in his Oak Bay Gordon Head riding in the next election. And on top of that, he will be stepping down as leader of the party. So let's find out what this is all about. What's going on here? Keith Baldry joins us now, Global BC's Legislative Bureau Chief in Victoria. Good morning, Keith. Good morning, Simi. Okay, so wondering all weekend long what this was all about, there was really no sign that this was coming, was there? Not at this time. It was certainly an open question whether Weaver was going to run again. I'd been speculating for some time. I didn't think he would seek re-election, but we're still two years out from the vote. So it was surprising that uh, he's announcing today that uh, this is his intention. I asked him on Friday afternoon after his party released a news release, a cryptic news release that said he would be making a significant announcement on Monday. I said, does this mean you're stepping down or stepping aside? And at that time he said, no, 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 nothing like that. And I think he was just trying to ensure nobody had the story out before he actually made the announcement. So I, I feel like I was misled. But nevertheless, um, it's, again, not totally surprising. Uh, he's uh, been there for two terms. He is on the record for saying that MLAs shouldn't overstay their welcome. He did think, I think he is in favor of term limits. Uh, so uh, he, his explanation today was he wanted to uh, pull the plug early uh, to give the party time enough to uh, engage in a, a leadership race, a transition, to get a new leader in place, by his estimation, sometime early next summer is when he hopes a new leader will be in place. But he's not giving up his seat uh, before the next election. Right. I guess I-, I was wondering why he didn't just say, well, Keith, you have to wait until Monday to find out what that is. Yeah, I wish he had said that. Otherwise, I wouldn't have said on Twitter, you can bet the bank, take it to the bank that he's not stepping Aside because he is stepping, and then today he said, "Well, I'm not stepping aside." Well, it was sort of the semantical yeah. argument the two of us had in a rather spirited exchange. But uh, <laughs> it was um, uh, again the media. The Greens aren't the best media managers in terms of their message, so this was a bit of a fumbled thing. It was in the Globe today, Globe and Mail. Uh, he denies that it has anything to do with his recently diagnosed health issues about labyrinthitis, which is sort of a uh, an inner ear balance thing. He says nothing to do with that. It's just time to make way for right. another leader. Also, he, he underscored, uh, again, the fact that this does nothing to endanger the support the Greens have for the NDP government. That that uh, CASA, the Confidence and Supply Agreement, is still very much in place. Uh, so that's not being impaired by this at all. He will continue to support the government on confidence matters, but uh, he just wants to make way for a new leader come uh, the next election. Okay, so then what does that mean for the next year or so then for the Green Party? Well, I mean, the situation is normal, I think. Uh, the three MLAs are who they are. They are the Green Party for you know all intents and purposes. Even when a new leader is chosen, uh, that person will be hard to establish the profile that any of the three members have in the House right now, unless it's someone who's currently in the caucus, whether it's MLA Sonia Firstenau or MLA Adam Olson. I have no idea whether they'd be interested in becoming party leader or not. Presumably they'd have a leg up if they were choose to run, because they certainly have a higher profile than anyone else in the party. 
But it's early days on this. Uh, we'll know more, I think, as, as time progresses. And I think, I suspect the Greens will be in full-on leadership race sometime next spring. But this fall session, which begins today and runs to near the end of November, will still feature Andrew Weaver as the leader of the Green Party. So it, how much of a challenge do you see this as for the Green Party, though? Because, I mean, their success really has come during Weaver's time as leader. Exactly. I think it's a real challenge for the Greens. Uh, uh, the backdrop of this, of course, is the federal election campaign, which is ongoing. <clears throat> Recent polling from a number of pollsters has suggested the Green Party is slumping in the polls with public yeah. opinion. If they come out of this campaign with only Elizabeth May as the only member of the uh, only elected member of the Greens, that's a huge setback because the expectations for the Greens were pretty significant at the beginning of the federal campaign, and that will trickle down to the provincial level. That's bound to have an impact on the provincial Greens if they do if they fare badly. <clears throat> At, at the federal level, uh, that will reflect badly on the provincial level. How now? Flip the coin over. If they suddenly do elect a number of MLAs, particularly here on Vancouver Island, where they seem to have the best chance, that will give a boost to the provincial BC Green Party in terms of boosting their profile and their credibility. So I think a lot is riding on the federal outcome in terms of the impact it will have on the on the provincial uh, Green uh, leadership race. Is there any federal move here for Andrew Weaver in the offing? He says absolutely not, uh, not interested at all. Uh, he's, he's ruled that out. Uh, the, uh, on the, working the other way, one name that has emerged in terms of uh, perhaps a, a factor in the provincial Greens is a guy named David Berner, who's the candidate for the federal Greens in a Squimalt uh, Souk Sanich riding, just uh, outside, outside of Victoria here. He had been the federal Liberal candidate in that riding in the last election. He switched to the Greens. If he's not elected uh, come October 21st, uh, I've heard people talk about he's a potential um, leadership uh, aspirant. Uh, it shouldn't Weaver step aside? And what do you know? Weaver's stepping aside, despite what he told me on Friday. And that might put someone like David Berner in play. Uh, but if he wins and, and becomes an MP, of course, that's off the table. Right. Okay. Now, that's just one thing that is going on in Victoria today. Uh, let's get an update as well on this whole Ginny Sim situation. What happened there? Yeah, we're still trying to put that together. Um, late Friday, back 5.17 p.m., John Horgan's office put out a news release saying Ginny Sims had resigned from Cabinet as, because uh, she was the subject of an RCMP investigation overseen by a special prosecutor, so uh, it was an untenable situation for her. Uh, she put out a statement saying that this had, uh, she'd been cleared of previous allegations. And those allegations were made by the Liberals in the legislature last uh, in, the, in the spring. And that was about a, w- a whistleblower in her office, a former constituency a- uh, assistant, had alleged that she had improperly uh, signed some sponsorship documents for, for, uh, for people who she claimed were on a watch list. Uh, the Premier's office investigated. Ginny Sims says she'd been cleared of that. So she went out of her way to say, uh, I've already been cleared of these previous allegations, which by inference suggests there's other allegations. Yeah. Out there. Now, those allegations were forwarded to the RCMP by the BC Liberals at the end of May. And the, so the RCMP got that. They must have done something or seen something that led them to ask for the assistance of a special prosecutor. And once that occurs, that kicks into motion a sort of a bunch of dominoes fall. And once a special prosecutor is requested and one is appointed by the criminal justice branch, uh, that's the, premier's, the attorney general is informed of that, who in turn informs the premier's office, and that meant Jenny Sims was out of a job in terms of being a cabinet minister. How long she remains out is a big unknown. My experience is special prosecutor investigations can take a long time yeah. to conclude. 
So this may, it's conceivable, I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but it's conceivable this is not wrapped up before the next provincial election, which is actually two years from this month, October 2021 is the next time we go to the polls, uh, unless something weird happens before then, and it's conceivable this this is not uh, wrapped up by then. Are you surprised it has actually taken this long, though, for Jenny Sims to be removed from Cabinet or, or to leave Cabinet? Because, I mean, she hasn't exactly been stellar in that regard. No, she's been under uh, all sorts of controversy yeah. for uh, not ob- obeying FOI rules, of uh, email rules in terms of keeping copies and this such. The Liberals have been hammering away at her for some time. But I've seen ministers in trouble before, and it's the old uh, adage, I don't, we're not going to give them a trophy. And that's you know been the motto of government's from right back to the 80s to the 90s, which is we don't want to give the opposition a trophy. Someone may be, you know, messing up significantly, but unless it's a scandal involving the police or something, uh, premiers are loath to replace a minister just because the opposition has embarrassed them from time to time. So I'm not surprised Ginny Sims wasn't removed for that, uh, but and I'm not surprised she she stepped down because there's an RCMP investigation. That's that's pretty that's pretty cut and dried. If you're under an RCMP investigation, you cannot sit in cabinet. Full stop. And uh, that's why I wasn't surprised that she stepped out on that basis. Right. Okay. So when it comes to this green leadership race, then do you think that solidifies the October 2021 election date? Because if that's next summer, the new leader is going to want some time to establish themselves. Yeah, I think so. I've, I've never seen any indication that we'd have an early election. Um, the Greens are quite happy being where they are. Uh, they have no intention of, of allowing, opening the door, even a, a crack to allow the Liberals a chance of forming government with another election. So barring some sort of strange occurrence, uh, which literally would probably be the, you know, the death or, or one or more MLAs, uh, I don't see this government uh, pulling the plug or being forced from office before uh, October 2020. Unless John Horgan decides that he wants to create an issue to go to the people with. But that can be a bit of a gamble. Yeah. Because voters might say, you know what, I don't need an election. Voters actually oftentimes don't want an election. They just want to get on with their lives. And suddenly to have an artificial event um, created can, can come back to bite you. You know, but having said that, Brian Pallister in Manitoba, good example, he called an early election and he won handsomely and it paid off for him. But I think the issue has to be a good one for Horgan, and right now there's not a good one on the horizon for him. Okay, so ledge back in session this week, then what do you expect is going to be the hot topic? Well, I think Jenny Sims will be up uh, first and foremost in question period today in terms of questions from the Liberals, not that Jenny Sims is going to say anything. Uh, in terms of issues in the, in, the, uh, in the session, Mike Farnworth tells me there's going to be about a dozen bills. He's the government house leader. Uh, a couple of them of substance, some of them just minor housekeeping things. So legislation is not going to be the real focus of this session. It'll be an interesting question period because a number of problems are, are cropping up on the NDP's plate. The economy is slowing down. Carol James has already issued an edict to, for some belt tightening. That's a signal that the finances aren't in great shape. You've got the ongoing forestry crisis. You've got all these stories, and we've heard them on your program, of ICBC mm-hmm. young people getting dinged with huge insurance bills. That's going to be a dominant issue in this session. Vaping, the call on the government to get more active in, in regulations of vaping amongst young people, that's going to be uh, first and foremost. So I think Ginny Sims is, an, is almost a one-day story until we can get more information. But I think the ongoing crisis in forestry, the ongoing sticker shock that's going to be there on a right. daily basis on ICBC is going to be rich fodder for the Liberals to, to dine out on, I think, for the next five weeks. All right, Keith, thank you. All right, to me. That's Keith Baldry, Global's Legislative Bureau Chief in... In Victoria, lots going on in Victoria, as you can tell there. 